0: because a good tomorrow starts with a good night's sleep. Just search for good sleep in your podcast app and be sure to pick the one from Optimal Living Daily. This is Optimal Finance Daily, episode 1885, Tax Planning for Inherited IRAs, part two, by Sean Mullaney of fitaxguy.com. And I'm your host and personal finance enthusiast, Diana Merriam. Today's post is a continuation from yesterday. So, if you're new here, I'd recommend listening to yesterday's episode first. But if you're all caught up, let's hear part two and continue optimizing your life. Tax Planning for Inherited IRAs, Part Two by Sean Mullaney of FiTaxGuy.com. A traditional IRA owner should not implement tax or financial planning that mostly benefits a younger beneficiary at the cost of risking their own financial future. The following types of planning, other than leaving to an eligible designated beneficiary, should only be implemented if the IRA owner, him or herself, is secure in their own financial future. Number one, leave to an eligible designated beneficiary. Fortunately, this first planning concept has no additional cost to the IRA owner. The idea is to leave the traditional IRA to a beneficiary who qualifies as an eligible designated beneficiary. Generally speaking, eligible designated beneficiaries are not subject to the 10-year rule and can take annual required minimum distributions over their remaining lifetimes using the IRS table. Eligible designated beneficiaries include spouses, people not less than 10 years younger than the descendants, so think parents and siblings of the descendant, minor children of the descendant who cease to be eligible designated beneficiaries upon becoming adults, persons who are chronically ill, and persons who are disabled. Grandchildren of the descendant, even minors, are not eligible designated beneficiaries unless they're chronically ill and or disabled. Note that leaving a traditional IRA to an affluent elderly parent might not be very tax efficient. Yes, elderly parents are not subject to the mandatory tenure rule, but they must take RMDs like JR and Bobby in example one previously mentioned based on their advanced age and thus could have very high annual RMDs at a high tax rate. Spousal IRA planning. Generally speaking, a spouse is a favored beneficiary. In many cases, especially when the spouses are roughly the same age, it makes sense to make the IRA an inherited IRA while the surviving spouse is under age 59 and a half and then to roll the inherited IRA into the spouse's own IRA at age 59 and a half. The reasoning is that generally the surviving spouse is not required to take RMDs prior to age 59 and a half, but if need be, he or she could access the inherited IRA prior to age 59 and a half without incurring a penalty. A pre age 59 and a half rollover into the surviving spouse's own traditional IRA could result in a 10% penalty on any withdrawals prior to age 59 and a half. Further, the surviving spouse can defer RMDs out of the traditional IRA until age 72 by rolling it over into his or her own traditional IRA at age 59 and a half. The previously mentioned is true in many, but not all cases. Professional assistance is usually wise when inheriting a significant retirement account from a spouse. Number two, Roth conversions. This one comes at a tax cost to the owner in most cases, but the owner might also benefit from this sort of planning. This is also my favorite planning technique in many situations. The idea is to convert traditional retirement accounts into Roth IRAs during the owner's lifetime. Yes, Roth IRAs are subject to the 10 year rule under the Secure Act, but who cares? Had JR or Bobby inherited a half million dollar Roth IRA, they could let it sit and grow tax-free for 10 years and then withdraw the entire account tax and penalty free. Pretty good. A quick note of caution on this strategy. RMDs always come out first and cannot be converted to a Roth do not implement a Roth conversion strategy without first taking any required minimum distributions. This is a great reason to do Roth conversion planning prior to age 72, regardless of whether it's for the benefit of the owner, the beneficiary, and or both. Roth conversions are something the owner might want to consider regardless of the many benefits it provides to beneficiaries. That said, Roth conversion planning is a multivariable calculus, and usually benefits from professional planning. And number three, charitable remainder trusts and life insurance. This is my least favorite planning route. Generally speaking, the less complex the planning and the lower the expense of the planning, the better. I worry that these techniques are implemented too often because they're lucrative to the advisor or professional. That said, in certain very limited situations, This sort of planning can make sense. But remember, this sort of planning should never be one's default solution. It's usually costly and it limits flexibility. These planning techniques should be approached with a fair degree of skepticism. The idea behind the charitable remainder trust is to name a charitable remainder trust as the IRA beneficiary. The charitable remainder trust gets the IRA upon the owner's death and makes distributions to a human beneficiary during the beneficiary's lifetime. Upon the beneficiary's death, the charity receives the remainder. The life insurance concept involves using traditional IRA withdrawals by the owner to fund the purchase of a whole life insurance policy. At death, the beneficiary receives tax-free life insurance proceeds instead of taxable traditional IRAs. Both planning concepts have, in very limited situations, some merit, but they should be approached with some skepticism, and it never hurts to obtain a second opinion before implementing one. Death of a Beneficiary. Upon the death of an eligible designated beneficiary, the successor beneficiary must empty the traditional IRA by the end of the 10th year following the death of the eligible designated beneficiary. This is true even if the successor beneficiary would otherwise qualify as an eligible designated beneficiary of either or both the owner or the eligible designated beneficiary. Upon the death of a non-eligible designated beneficiary, such as JR and Bobby in the previously mentioned examples, the successor beneficiary must empty the traditional IRA by the end of the 10th full year following the original owner's death. In other words, the first beneficiary's death does not extend the time for emptying the traditional IRA. Without proper planning, this could be very deleterious. Example three, Lionel died on December 1st, 2020. At the time, his traditional IRA was worth 500,000. He left the traditional IRA to his adult son, Pauli Procrastinator. Polly died on February 1st, 2030 having never taken a distribution from the inherited IRA. It has grown to a million dollars in value. Paulie named his son Carl as the sole beneficiary of the inherited IRA. Carl must empty the IRA by December 31st, 2030. Carl will have approximately a million dollars in taxable income in 2030 from the traditional IRA, putting him in the highest federal tax bracket. Polly's lack of planning might have caused half of the IRA or more, we don't know what the future federal and state tax rates will be, to be lost to income taxes. Polly's example is an extreme one, but it illustrates just how imperative it is to plan once you inherit a traditional IRA of any significant size. Conclusion If you inherit a retirement account of any significant size, you need to do some tax planning. Often that planning is best done with the assistance of a professional. You just listened to part two of the post titled Tax Planning for Inherited IRAs by Sean Mullaney of FITaxGuy.com. It's no secret that something always comes up when you're running a small business. It's time to take the pain out of payroll benefits and HR and put the joy back in running your business with gusto. Gusto's payroll and HR services can make it a little easier. Gusto was designed for you, the small business owner. They take the pain out of running a business. Automatically calculating paychecks, filing payroll taxes, setting up open enrollment. Gusto does it all. Want more? Time tracking, health insurance, 401k, onboarding, commuter benefits, offer letters, access to HR experts. You get the idea. With Gusto, you can focus on the joy of running your business it's super easy to set up and get started. And if you're moving from another provider, Gusto can transfer all your data for you. It's no surprise 94% of customers are likely to recommend Gusto, 94. Here's the best part. Because you're a listener, you get three months totally free. All you have to do is go to gusto.com slash OFD. Again, that's gusto.com slash OFD. I'm telling you, you're gonna love Gusto. Get started today. While inheriting a large IRA clearly necessitates some tax planning, it appears to be a good problem to have. While I often see people on various social media groups and forums question the tax implications of coming into more money, I think it's important to not let the tail wag the dog in these situations. Even in the worst case scenario described in this article, where half of a million dollar inheritance is lost to taxes, That's still $500,000 that just fell into your lap. While an inheritance would be an incredible windfall, I don't think any of us should be counting on it. I, for one, hope that my mom spends all of her money on her own wants and needs and leaves me nothing, though I'm not sure that's a popular opinion. If leaving an inheritance to your children is a consideration in your financial planning, it might be beneficial to read the book titled Die with Zero by Bill Perkins. Bill says, quote, if you spend hours and hours of your life acquiring money and then die without spending all of that money, then you've needlessly wasted too many precious hours of your life. There's just no way to get those hours back. If you die with a million dollars left, that's a million dollars of experiences you didn't have. And if you die with $50,000 left, well, that's $50,000 of experiences you didn't have. No way is that optimal the question we must all answer is how to make the most of our finite time on earth, End quote. He also makes the argument that rather than leaving your children a large inheritance when they're middle-aged and likely financially established, you may consider giving your children whatever you've allocated for them before you die. That way you can give it when it'll have the most impact on their lives. And that's another episode and weekend of Optimal Finance Daily in the Books. Thank you for your support and for listening every day. I'll be back with more posts for you on Monday. So have a great rest of your weekend and I'll catch you tomorrow where your optimal life awaits.